0: Hey, welcome to this edition of Notes from Minnesota. It is a super special one because today I am with two dear friends. We used to work together back in the, uh, back last century or it Just early say back in the day. day. Back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> as you can see, Victoria's back. Yay, we love him so much. But as a special, special, we have um, probably one of the best, correct me if I'm wrong, Victoria, one of the best copywriters we know of. Oh, no question. She, she blows everybody
1: out of the water. Carly Bull, uh, Plate Make Peace, anybody out of the
0: water. Without, without any doubt whatsoever. We are so lucky to have her on here because we're going to talk about the, you know, copywriting is so mysterious. Ooh. But and it is a fascinating topic, and I'm just thrilled that she has taken time out of her super busy day. I've said super too many times, I know. That's but, okay. We love super. Just like. Hmm? It's like <laughs> there's a story there's a, Donna go ahead and you can this is Donna uh, Romano and um, used to be Donna Doyle back in the day yes. um, I, but your, your, thing, your ribbon thing says Romano do tell
2: oh it's okay you know I, I'm like slowly going back to Romano from Doyle and uh, but business wise everyone knows me as Doyle so I'm kind of like going back and forth these days
0: <laughs> cool Tell us, tell us about what you do, okay. well, just in case someone hasn't heard. You're one of the the best yet quietest copywriters I know.
2: Oh, wow. Probably because
0: you're busy writing.
2: Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, I don't do really seminars, and I don't market my own products because I tried doing it with you guys, and we had a lot of fun. But it just got to the point where I was just so busy writing and making money and doing things with clients that uh, I just constantly just work all the time. Um, I do direct response copy and it's uh, mostly for the natural health and vitamin industries. Although lately I've been doing a lot of work for skincare clients and some really fun stuff for um, wine in a month club and some other really fun clients that are a little away from health. So that's good. I'm learning that the business has indeed changed uh, the past four or five years since we gals have gotten together. Some of the changes are great. Some of the changes are not so great. But it just shows that you have to just constantly market yourself and always be learning and getting those new skills. Um, because otherwise, you're just going to be left in the lurch. So <laughs> that was the biggest thing I've learned in 2018. And uh, I know Victoria and I have spoken about this a lot. Well, uh, For example, most of my clients, I'd say the vast majority of my clients, still marketed through snail mail because um, the health prospects, the typical vitamin buyer, is an older person, 55, 60, even older, that was still very comfortable um, purchasing through the mail. They still didn't trust online. Well, what has been happening is... The um, prospects have been getting older, and they've been dying off. And now the baby boomers that are coming in, well, the 55, 60, 65, they're used to being on a computer. They've been dealing with the Internet for, you know, about 20 years now. So they're okay with giving their credit card online. And as a result, um, mail response rates have been plummeting. And clients have been trying to market online, many of them not very successfully because they just don't have the talent and they don't have the belief and the knowledge to make it happen the right way. So there's been a lot of transition going on in 2018 on both my client side and also for me. You know, It meant that I wasn't getting those big direct mail magalog projects anymore. I had to start really prospecting clients with video sales letters and doing email campaigns and landing pages. And I went basically from 80% direct mail to now 80% online. So it was a huge, huge shift in a lot of ways.
1: Does anybody, can I ask a question? Does anybody hear any feedback? I've been hearing.
2: Sounds like a little siren.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a siren. Is there something going on at your house, Dee?
0: No. No, we're quiet
2: here.
1: Hmm. Huh.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, uh, I, don't know I thought I was I, hallucinating, so I just was going with it. No, no, no.
1: I, I heard it, too, and I started thinking, oh, my God. I wonder if, like, Donna's house is on fire. No.
2: <laughs> well, I just got a little uh, pop-up saying my Internet connection is unstable.
1: Oh, that, that – could be some of it, but I mean, why don't we continue for as long as we can and we can always pick it up?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> well, yep. it, it, see here, here's, here's my sneaky, sneaky. You Remember when I invited you, Victoria, and I was like, Hey, want to just come on? Like, I don't know. Let's just chat for once and maybe twice. Next thing you know,
2: <laughs>
0: anytime you want to come back and then, you know, I mean, she'd she be like to Donna, Ann, we'll just, just do this one <sighs> Well, if it doesn't, if we have technical difficulties, we'll like uh, maybe uh, have another one. (laughs) Or, or you can always
1: put a little intro at the beginning saying, "Okay, you might hear some feedback." Oh, absolutely. When Donna's speaking, but uh, her house isn't burning down.
0: Yeah, we'll fix it next time. Uh, Um, But but, Donna, you turned off your microphone. I was going to ask you about the difference between writing online versus writing you know, for snail mail, I notice a huge difference. How about you? Oh, her microphone's off. Donna, turn
1: on your microphone. Oh,
0: okay.
2: here. Is that better? Here we go. Okay. Um, I've noticed some differences. Uh, the thing is, in online, you have to get to the point above the fold. You have to get to that point real quick. Um, Headlines and leads are incredibly important. Now, I was always the kind of writer that would try to, you know, get into it really quickly. But now so much of it is being above the fold, really capturing that attention. That's, um, you still have to do that in direct mail as well. But people are so swamped now that Mm -hmm. having that compelling headline and that compelling message is absolutely critical um and also i've been noticing that things that used to work incredibly well in direct mail like video sales letters used to have a conversion rate that was like ridiculously high five times more than the regular landing page now they work but not as well so people are getting really fatigued by the messages all the more reason why you have to make your point above the fold you have to give them a great offer you have to engage them right away
1: and donna for for people who are watching this podcast and aren't familiar with above the fold online can you tell them what that is
2: yes that is when the email or when you're looking at a landing page uh, arrives across your computer screen. You want all of the real important information to grab them without them having to scroll down.
1: To scroll. Yeah. And that fold, the the it's a newspaper term really, where yeah. when, you're, when you're reading a newspaper, everything above where that paper is folded is above the fold. And that's what everybody wants because that's how they face newspapers in a box. Right. So yeah same same idea you won't don't want anybody to have to scroll
2: and also too um, one thing I've been learning is online communications constantly change mm-hmm. and it's testing and this is something that my clients are not really good with um, <laughs> you know and, and as anyone knows with with email marketing with online marketing of any kind you have to constantly test you have to do ABC split tests all the time. The color of an order button can make a difference Mm -hmm. about getting conversions. And they're little things, but they're all really, really important. And um, unfortunately, some of my clients got it and they get it and they're succeeding. Other clients don't understand why they have to test, don't understand that you have to spend a lot of time in online marketing Testing to see what works and what doesn't work Um, And I also have a small client. They're a vitamin company located um, in the Northeast I don't want to say where but (laughs) Victoria. They I've spoken to you about them in the past Mm -hmm. and um, He is of the mindset that every email uh, That I send out every newsletter that I send out for him should have enough sales To offset what he's paying me. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, (laughs) that sounds good, but that's not the way online marketing works because he doesn't understand that it's all about building that relationship and warming up your list. The long
0: tail. Yeah, look at the long tail all the time.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So trying to get some clients. To understand
0: that is a challenge. What's interesting, what I was thinking about when you were speaking, Donna, was like how sometimes in the past I would say, oh, just get an older book on direct mail and marketing and blah, blah. Those are so obsolete now. That's- it's just, It's just a bummer because, you know, some of the principles of persuasion, of course, remain constant, but the methods are just, you know, little tiny things like, you know, the, the, the very first sentence of your email shows up next to the subject line often. So, I mean, you have to be so careful. With every single word has to carry its weight.
2: That's exactly
0: it. It's crazy. It's just crazy.
1: Not only do you A, B, split test, you also C, D, split test, and you split test constantly subject lines, what's getting opened. It doesn't have anything to do with click-through rate at that point. Right, has to do with opens, and if you're finding you you need to as a, a an email writer, I have found when I was doing it providing at least three options, if not five or six options, and sometimes it's just changing a word,
2: mm-hmm.
1: changing the position of a word, right, and it isn't always asking a question. Sometimes you know, a couple of years ago, it was always oh, ask that really fascinating question well it's not quite that anymore
0: either and even even the list quality itself where did you get those subscribers why did they subscribe omg i mean that's a whole podcast right there right oh yeah yeah absolutely
1: the good thing about online marketing is that testing is less expensive yeah we're not doing whole prints uh, if you have a, a good email uh, server like AWeber or MailChimp or Constant Contact, that's all part of what you're doing. Um, and it, it's, it's just and it's such an important piece of the pie, as are doing not video sales letters necessarily, but short videos, 30 seconds, one minute uh, are, are really critical. And script writing is a an art all unto itself.
2: And script writing is another thing that is becoming bigger and bigger on the web because everyone is doing small videos, because they, right. work.
0: they work.
2: Two-minute videos, they work. They grab people's attention and people oh. like it. Um, so uh, I'm working now on a video sales letter project for a supplement manufacturer. And he wants me to write it exactly as you would write a movie script, where you have a story arc, where you put in suggested scenes and graphics, and that's a skill that I haven't done a lot of. But Call me. Call <laughs> me. Call me. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's something very different, but it, once again, it's me taking the time to be able to remarket myself. Yes. um, So there are a lot of people in the industry that think of me as a direct response, a magalog writer. And uh, a magalog is that, you know, that big 24 or 36 page booklet that you might get in the mail that looks just like a magazine, except it's not. It's not a product. And uh, now we're doing that online. But you still need to follow some certain things that um, are specific to online marketing, and yeah. understanding, and understanding why you do them and why testing is so important. And you know, in, in direct mail, you know, if you're mailing to the same people, you have a house list, you want to establish that relationship. Well, guess what? In online, it's critical. Mm-hmm. Making that relationship between you and your prospect, getting to know them, establishing that, coming across to them as someone who's credible, credible and trusted is, is, I can't tell you how important that is. And,
1: and even in that, even in that, credible and trusted, if you email too frequently, you lose them. If you email too infrequently, you lose them. If you and, and that's when uh, I've seen a lot of companies start saying, you know, I think we're going to start getting away from as many emails as we used to do and we're going to go on Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. And it, it's, it's really interesting to see the world of social media for a copywriter because there are some people who are out there marketing themselves just as social media writers but they write across a number of platforms, which are all different.
2: Uh, now, V and Beth, have you, uh, do you have any kind of formula in your experience? How often someone should email their list? Is it weekly? Is it twice a week? did you say your experience then?
0: For, for my list, I have discovered that consistency is more important than, you know, The once a month isn't enough. Right. Obviously. Twice a month is what I usually do, and the reason I do that is because that's what I started doing back in two thousand and one, and that's what my list is used to. And if I, I've been kind of every now and then I'll say, you know, hey, hey, I'm going to, um, you know, have a special issue coming up, and I'll and I will mention it beforehand. But um, you, you have to be real consistent. And if I want to con- contact them more, I just make a new list and I tell them from the onset what to expect. That reduces spam complaints, and that also, if you just have to maintain expectations. In my view, that's also the same for, you know, text versus HTML.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, um, you know, obviously, because I started this in 2001, all of my have been were text. When I switched to HTML, I got quite a few complaints. And so if I do HTML now, I just do HTML without any graphics. I just use a pretty font, because that's what they're used to. Right. And that's the only way I can really track clicks because no one likes to be monitored And in text. You know, if you say, you know, track clicks, you'll wind up with a link like ring, 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 ring you know? Yeah, that didn't, didn't go over well either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, oh my gosh. But in HTML, it's easier to, to track things. And, you know, it's not that you want to be creepy about it or anything, but it's sure nice to know what interests your people. You right. know, exactly. And,
1: and if you say something like, hey, guess what? I'm doing some analytics to try to, to find out from you what your likes are. I'm, I'm not stalking you. I'm not being creepy. But but that transparency is mm-hmm.
0: really important, especially now. Oh, yeah, because oh, that whole G thing over in Europe, G-D-R, blah, 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 blah. Oh,
1: GDPR. GDPR? LMNOP. Q R S T. That one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That the the Global
0: Privacy Act. Oh my gosh. That that was. I was. I have never been so happy to have been double opt in. I didn't realize people weren't double opt in. I know me either. When I had a list, I always had double opt in. Right.
2: right. But, but we
1: we were one of the few. Because I, mean, I guess we were the pioneers.
0: <laughs> of course, we were.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, and and I'm sure Donna, you can you still do your sniff test even for online clients, right? Oh, do tell sniff test.
2: Oh yes. Yeah. Well, we um, haven't
1: done sniff test in ages.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, the sniff test is what I call um, the test to see if a client is going to be good or not. And there, I've gotten to the point now where I can probably tell within the first five minutes of a phone call.
1: And that
2: that's, long? Yeah. <laughs> um, if a client is going to be worth his time or not. Um, one big tip is to see if they ask for your rates immediately. Because that shows that they are buying on price.
1: This is is really important. Yeah, let's talk about this.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, I have my website, I have my portfolio, I have my LinkedIn, I do all the stuff I'm supposed to do, and I don't give prices because I've been doing this for over 25 years, so people know that I'm, you know, I know myself, I'm very experienced, therefore I'll charge a higher rate. So if I have a client that right away says, well, here's a project I have for you. I have a, um, a uh, green tea supplement that I want to market. It's a long form landing page. What's your rate for that? And if I say to them, well, what's your budget? And they tell me their budget's really low. Well, then I'm not going to do that.
1: Do they actually tell you their your their budget? I had so many clients say, well, no, no you tell me what what, you're, what you want to charge. And I would say, how do I know if I'm going to be within what
0: you want to pay? And, uh, well, that's what I run into too.
2: And, and I run into that as well. And um, I'll just say to them, well, you know what? Tell me what the scope of your project is. And right. they'll explain it. And then I'll, I'll bring up a proposal. And I'll say, this is my, this is my fee. And then if they get back to me and say, Oh, well, that's way out of the ballpark well, homes and okay, bye. you know. Um right. that's one thing because you could see that they are they are on price. I get the budgeting, I get that clients are on budgets and that's fine, I understand that. But when they are just marketing on price, that shows that they don't really value your copy very much and they don't value your expertise very much. Right. So they're not for you. They aren't for you. Um, Another hint is when a client does not respect your time, where you make a phone um, phone conference appointment and they either show up or they show up late or they say, oh, well, I got stuck on a phone call. I'll call you back in 20 minutes. Once in a while is fine. Once in a while is fine. Stuff happens. But when it happens all the time, Well, then you know this is a client that is just not, he's going to be difficult. Um, I've run into another client who uh, gave me something that I agreed to do for him as a favor for a very low fee. And I I did what I had to do. And then he was bugging me to have it once the very next day when I have deadlines for other things. When someone is taking advantage like that, no good, bye-bye, bang, bye-bye, bang, bang, they get tired. Uh, so that, that's another thing. And it, after a while also you can kind of tell who's going to be difficult, who isn't. It's a respect thing too. If they don't treat you with respect, if they do um, realize that you're a professional and treat you that way, then it's not worth your time because they're going to make your life a living hell.
1: And one of the things that's important too, I think, and I know both of you will agree because we've talked about this, it's perfectly really okay to say no. Yeah. You have to do it in a mean way. You can just say, no, that isn't going to work for me, or no, my time has been eaten up with this. Because when you're first starting out, uh, and it happens to everybody, you really want to take everything because you want to get that experience. Get down the road and you say, Wait a minute, this no, this, just no way. I mean, uh, the, one of the things that uh, I've done in my career is help Donna with some of her work when she's really, really, really overloaded. And there have been times when we've said to each other, ah, Oh no, there isn't going to be another time with this client because right. just nuts. So it's okay, everybody watching the podcast, it's okay to say no.
2: And, and and that brings me up to another thing that we three chicks have spoken about quite often, is when you take a job for the money, you usually pay for it in oh so many ways. Oh yeah. You know, um, and this sure. happens to all of us. You know, okay, someone, someone dangles that carrot. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to pay you lots and lots of money to do this promotion and. That down, what yeah. your mortgages do, and you got to pay your health insurance and, and 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 so you take it, and it winds up being a total nightmare from start to finish. And right. they, they paid you a lot of money, but man, did you work for that? Did you put right. in sweat and tears?
0: Then in the end, they may not even say nice things about you. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. Bent over backwards, forwards, and oh, you know, put your head between your knees and back over. Oh,
2: and yeah. how do you avoid
0: something like that? The only way to avoid it, yes. for,
1: for me personally, is to go through it and be able to recognize the sniff test, be able to recognize what these people look like. I mean, when somebody says, well, I want you to write 50,000 words for uh, $1,000. <laughs> no, that, that isn't going to happen. It's that's That's just... Nuts. I had a client once, and he's no longer a client, who wanted me to write a 1000 word book. I quoted him, I quoted, quoted him $7,500, which is actually really Very cheap. That is. Somebody, because my background is not only as a copywriter, but also as a novelist. Yep. And so that's getting into novel territory, and he wanted to pay me, I think he said like $1,800. I said, nope. So he probably wrote it himself, which is fine, perfectly fine, but not to feel desperate. Yeah, right. And it's it's that desperation that colors, and every single time you feel desperate and take a job, it's going to turn on you and bite you.
2: I think clients have a way of sniffing that out, too. They do? You know, it's it's weird. It is so weird, but the times that... Um I've been slow and really like freaking out about money is the yeah. times that these vulture, I call them vulture clients come sniffing about and throw these projects at you that you know you feel you need to pay because I gotta pay my mortgage. But it's it's just it's nightmarish. It really is. And then you say, Oh, I did it to myself again. What?
1: Right. Sure. And something we should also talk about is Despite the fact that Donna has said she's really busy, and she is, she has slow times too.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Beth has slow times, there are, uh, this business is cyclical. And there are, you know, you could sometimes go three, four, five months without a major piece of work. You may have some some minor pieces come in, but it happens to everybody. So if you hear someone say, oh, I'm just always busy. They're lying.
0: Because uh, <laughs> I have multiple streams of income, which is another right. topic we can talk about. That's right. Some are more cyclical than others. You're, you broke out, and he said, "This business is so sick," and then ah. it broke. As I was like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We are running out of time. You know, and I have I have a list here of things more we can talk about, and I would let's let's get together again. I yeah. well, I I'm, I don't want to. You know, I coerced you. Victoria I I totally admit we don't wait we wait, don't, a don't wait,
1: don't. A <laughs> wait a minute wait wait let me let me clarify for our audience that there was no coercion
2: <laughs>
1: which I'm funny. such a ham that I love to do
0: this <laughs> but if we could get together every now and then I would so that'd love be great it. I, we like it like a couple times a month nothing heavy for 30 minutes and talk shop and I've got a list of topics because we just skimmed we so skimmed the surface today
2: yeah you know, I would love that that sounds fantastic
1: yep I'm in it's gonna be three chicks online yeah
0: we still have three if you're interesting <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fabulous! This has been great. Zoom was sending me meetings that's, or messages. That's why I was. That's why I was stopping to read them. But yes, gotcha. um, yes, I think that I think that's a good idea. We if we can set up a time, and if Donna's interested in Victoria, um yeah, I'm here. and so i It'd be fun to. Uh, the the world of. Um, we should post this recording be on on the website. Yeah, At
1: YouTube.
0: The. the Zoom just gave us a couple more minutes, so I'm going to keep going just for a minute. Um, the world of freelancing has changed so much since the three chicks were together. Yep. And um, we always tried to present reality. Do you remember that? That was our deal. We wanted to present the realities as opposed to the pie in the sky. Oh, let's sit on the beach and type without getting any sand. Oh, yeah.
1: And my computer's out there getting
0: full of sand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I my and I have people running to my door, you know? And then, then suddenly, the whole oh, just make a couple of phone calls
2: and prospect. Oh, you're six-figure income in the in- <laughs> and and that's another thing too. You know, uh, we've all three of the three of us have run across newbie copywriters and left their cards So we all started that way too. And unfortunately, some of them come in with rose-colored glasses that are just almost opaque. <laughs> that they're going to make huge money right away. Right. It doesn't happen that way. You know, with no. any new business, with any career change, it does not happen that way. It takes mm-hmm. time to build a client list. It takes time to make money. My first year as a freelancer, I was I've already had over ten years experience on staff as a direct mail copywriter. My first year freelancing, I made fifteen thousand dollars. And that was like counting the pavement in New York City, trying to find clients.
1: Is that 15 or 50?
2: 15. One five. Oh, one
1: five. That was important to clarify.
2: Yes. One five. 15,000. And the next year, I doubled it to 30,000. And then the next year and the next year. You know, getting that first client is always the hardest. And then yes. the only ones come. But you have to expect that as a way of starting business. And, and also, too, we've changed. We, as women, we have changed. We've, we've had challenges the last time that we of us have been together. And yeah. that's like helped us business-wise. It's helped us personal-wise. It's helped us understand more about what's going on out there and what people are into. And that's part of it, too. You have to know your prospect and who you're talking to. Right. Right.
0: I think that was the, uh, that was a tough part of the three chicks was in presenting reality. It was a tougher sell than going ahead and fudging the numbers and being all, you know, people don't like reality because reality is <coughs> always super duper. Nope. 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 I'm still glad we did it the way we did it though. And I'm still glad we'll do these the way we do these. Right. Just present reality because I would rather know what I'm facing Than to think it's going to be all frosting and cupcake, you know. I mean, if you want
1: frosting and cupcakes, watch the Halloween Baking Championship. or the Which I love. Which I love. No
2: question. And we're not saying that you can't make a very decent living.
1: Oh, you absolutely can.
2: You can make an incredible living. But go do it with your eyes wide open. And understand that gonna take time, you need a lot of different skills. You need to wear a lot of different hats. And that's why we three girls have made it, you know, because we do wear a lot of different hats right. and then you'll do fine, but um, understand what it's up against. And and that's what we like to do, too. We want to give to you and share with you um, the tips that we had to learn through trial and error. Right. Years. And now we're like, no, OK, I tried that didn't work. Here's what you need to do with that. Right.
0: That's right. Victoria, I was just wondering, wouldn't it have been a hoot if uh, Vic, if uh, Donna had been here during our whole cocky just?
1: <laughs> we'll have to tell Donna about the cocky episode and even send her the podcast. That it was, was- a cocky gate.
0: It was It was very interesting. A, a new reality that we have to deal with, though. True. I mean, what if you find out? You know, some a, a word you use has been trademarked. You know. That's right. That's right. Such perilous times. But yes, I have a whole list of things we can talk about. that'd be great. Okay. Um, we can talk about mailing lists. We can talk about, um, I will just, you know, discount list hosting sites. I, I, there's a discount one that um, just got totally blacklisted by Spam House. Woo-hoo. Well wow. back, And uh, you know, people have to deal with that. You know, AWeber, for example, may be more expensive, but guess what? Spam House doesn't block them. Yep. That's something to think about. Yep, absolutely. But yes, um, I think that's I think we have a good plan. And um, again, where can people find you, Victoria? Uh, they can find me at the Rosendahl
1: and Rosendahl is R-O-S, as in Sam E M as in Nancy D as in Dog, A-H-L. And yes, I spell it a lot. <laughs> Anna Doyle.
2: And uh, my website is a acopybydoyle.com. So it's copy, B-Y, and my last name,
0: D-O-Y-L-E.com. That's why I asked you about Doyle. I wanted to make sure people remember the Doyle, even though it says Romano, which is
2: really cool. Yes, business boss, and- I'm still a Doyle.
0: So. <laughs> um, and me, Filbert, like the nuts publishing.com, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and a big round of applause for Victoria and Ballroom For being with me this afternoon. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.